Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Stick with the Japanese animation. Welcome back to the Otaku Host Club Podcast. I am Amelia, and I'm always joined here with Jeff and Dan. Hello. Good morning. We are recording super early today because there are a ton of birthdays in everybody's lives. And uh, we also have some special guests on. Carl and Courtney from the Strictly Series. Hey, guys. Good morning. (laughs) I was trying to want to introduce the guests really quickly because we get into conversation so fast that I don't want to miss the opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, that one hour can kill us, you know? We'll be... uh... We'll be on one hour in and be like, oh, we do have guests on. They're just not random people that are uh, in the room with us. Yeah. yeah, You're not allowed to talk until your name is brought up. You just have to sit there and listen to us. I know. It's always that awkward silence in the beginning. You're like, when should I come in? When should I chime in and yeah. announce myself? <laughs> Well, today we have a super special episode because we are still stuck in 2022 because there's so many great anime that came out and we wanted some friends to talk about it with. So we decided the Strictly series watches tons of seasonal anime and we're going to be talking about the best anime of 2022 that we think is the best. We're like, yeah. So um, no, we're going to ob- go. Ob- we're spitting objective facts. Ob- <laughs> <laughs> These are facts. Yeah, there's no room for, uh, you know, subjectivity. Subjectivity? Is that a word? Yeah, yeah. This, ain't, this, this ain't my opinion. This is my facts. This is, these are our truths. Yeah. This is not, yeah. it's not Twitter. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to have to use that in more context. This isn't, this isn't my opinion. This is my facts. This is my truth. Speak your truth. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, Courtney and Carl, it has been a minute since you were on. So if you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody about your podcasts, plural. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are the hosts of two podcasts, which are part of the Strictly series of podcasts. So we have Strictly Anime, our podcast for anime reviews and discussions. We talk about anything from seasonal anime to classic anime. And then we have Strictly Jojo, which is our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, where we review every single episode and talk all things Jojo. Joe, we're about to wrap up our Stone Ocean review series and dive back into Stardust Crusaders. So, yeah, it's fun having two different podcasts mm. with uh, two very uh, specific topics. <laughs> um, I'm assuming the listener base must overlap. Yeah, we do have quite a number of Strictly JoJo fans who are also listeners of Strictly Anime. Um, and I think a lot of people find our JoJo podcast once they get introduced to our anime podcast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm waiting to finish Stone Ocean before I uh, listen. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's uh it's been a wild ride. We are we're literally in the home stretch. Um uh, I think the last episode of Stone Ocean is gonna go live tomorrow on Strictly JoJo. Ooh. So it's kind of bittersweet because it's been so much fun to talk about a JoJo season as it's premiering. Like that's a, a mm-hmm. rare thing because there's usually a like a big gap in time between seasons. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We say as pre- as it's premiering, even though it's it was oh yeah, Netflix released. did like a batch release. You know, you gotta you gotta do yeah, the best you can with it. Yeah, we spread it out just to continue the hype. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think I like knew about JoJo's until um, part three came out. Part four, part four, and there was a huge premiere at the convention, and everybody was like cheering and laughing and it was like the best time ever and I had no idea what's going on but I was like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) I know we were were kind of the same we I think we got officially introduced to it when a bunch of memes surfaced during part five's premiere I'm like what Mm. is this show because you know Jojo memes (laughs) are like very distinct in the anime community and once once you get introduced to Jojo it sucks you in for life yeah yeah there's no turning back yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, have you guys read the Jojo lands? Is that to your interest at all? We have not. Uh, we actually, well, Courtney's read the stone ocean manga. I haven't read mm-hmm. other than that. We haven't read any of them. Although I do want to read steel ball run. Uh, once we wrap up our stone ocean reviews. Sure. Uh, but I've, I've, and I, I heard the news about the Jojo lands, but I've only seen, like snippets of the details of the story so far online, uh, which have been very, very interesting how s- some of it seems like callbacks to previous parts. Yeah. Uh, I wound up reading the first chapter out of curiosity. I was pleasantly surprised that it all takes place in Hawaii. So I was texting Cristela cause we talk a little bit about um, media that, that, takes place in Hawaii or involves Pacific Islanders in general and kind of how there isn't very much of it. So puts Jojo lands in a, uh, interesting context. Oh, so that's what the first white Lotus season's about. It's about Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Damn. All right. That makes total sense. Yeah. But yeah, Jojo lands is so cool. It takes place in Hawaii. And the very first scene is our main character, uh, killing off some cops that are, doing police brutality uh, on a trans person. Mm, interesting. Is, yeah, it was really like, damn, Jojo Land's what? straight <laughs> out the gate. This is rolling so hard. What's the, the time period that it takes place in? Modern day. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is like a very unique time for Jojo fans because uh, Rocky takes like years and years to finish one part of Jojo. So the fact that we're here at the start of like a new Jojo part it's kind of it's kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. For the way for the way that because if you're if you're a JoJo fan in the West, then chances are you've become a fan of JoJo's within the last like five plus years. Yeah, you know, like this this was has, is traditionally not a huge franchise in the USA. Mm-hmm. It's the David Productions anime adaptations that really brought this onto everybody's radar. And it feels like up until, feels to me like up until part six, every subsequent part brought more people into the fan base and made the franchise bigger and bigger. Uh, Part six did not do that because of how Netflix 
Um, Batch released it, and Big Part 6 got lost in the greater mix of anime of 2022 relative to how the other parts sat, you know, year after year after year, time Mm -hmm. after time in its respective anime seasons. Um, But this is all to say that for Western JoJo fans, for Western anime fans that possibly were not reading this manga from the jump and, um, you know, don't have, haven't spent as much time with the franchise. Uh, this is a rare occasion to get in on the ground floor of one of these parts and watch it happen before your eyes. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to try to read Jojo lands as it comes. I say that as if I am good at consistency. <laughs> I haven't even kept up with Vinland Saga season two, which is feels like the most important anime in my life, but I'm like, mm four episodes behind now or something. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I, <laughs> the farmland. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand. I was like, okay, manga readers have to be joking. They keep joking about this farmland saga. They keep saying it's the most amazing thing ever. There's no way I'm like this. This shit is so good. I don't understand how farming is it so good. Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little house in the prairie. Of anime. <laughs> yeah. You never, you never knew that Stardew Valley was going to make you cry. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to talk about the best anime of last year? Let's do it. Let's go. Ah! Okay, we're going to start with honorable mentions, and we'll do like a round-robin situation. So, Courtney, Carl, Dan, Jeff, me. Sounds good. Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Courtney. What's your first honorable mention of last year? Well, since we've already been talking about it, I'm going to say JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean, which is... No, that's a good one. It's a tough one for me because JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is my favorite anime of all time. So part of me was like, this has to be number one or at least in the top five. But (laughs) truthfully, um, I think it was a fantastic part. I love the story. I love Jolene. But there's something about it that I don't think stood up to some of the other anime that are on probably a lot of our top five lists. So I couldn't like not mention it at all, um, but I don't mm-hmm. know if it quite reached that epicness to be in the top five. It's because of Netflix. It that, is. Yeah. It is. yeah. yeah. It's, it's largely because of the way it was handled. Um, and I think as I, I adore David production, I think they are a godsend to the Jojo anime adaptation. Like they've just, they've done a wonderful job, but there was something about part six that was just slightly little, a little more lackluster than the way they've adapted other parts, particularly in the animation. Um, I think it was maybe not as clean as previous parts. So I, I think maybe other Jojo parts would have been in my top five, but some of these things kind of brought it down to my honorable mentions list. Also, what why they should have done better with the OPs. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It was that, so weird. And that was something that really stood out to me, that the OPs, uh, the mu- yeah, I mean, the music is fine, but uh, because of the batch releasing, when they, they had the same OP for the first batch and the second batch, mm-hmm. it, it really, like, it stood out to me like a sore thumb because I was expecting a second OP to go with the second batch. And that 
yeah, it's just Netflix setting up like weird expectations because with the first batch and the last episode of the first batch, they do the sound effects. That is a very Jojo style thing to do, or at least if I remember right, they do the sound effects. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you come in for the second batch and it's the same OP and you're like, but wait, we already had the sound effects of the first OP. So I thought we were moving on from that. I thought I was going to get something cool. Absolutely. And then the second OP uh, is like, is it the same song and just slightly different animation? Is it even a different no, song? No, I don't think there were any differences. It's the which same is, song. Yeah. Which is weird because everything that happens in the first OP concludes in the first batch. So you're yeah. getting a bunch of stuff. Like you're seeing a bunch of stuff. You're like, this already happened. Like we need a new OP to recognize batch yeah. number yeah. two. And exactly. then what really yeah. irked me is the very end of like the second iteration of the first OP. It's so weird to like describe this. Um, you have that moment where like Jolene is sort of like climbing onto Jotaro's back. And that's an iconic image from the Stone Ocean manga where Jolene and Jotaro are standing together, but like she's kind of like on his back or whatever. So I figured at some point they'll zoom out and we can see that iconic image. Never happened. I was like, this is so weird. People who yeah, don't know the manga yeah. are probably like, why is Jolene climbing on Jotaro? <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, just a little. <laughs> Yeah, that, and I, I don't know if that is a issue of David Productions being lazy, not having enough resources to pull this off as effectively as in the past, or if this is an issue of Netflix coming down on them and being like, we want one OP, you know, give us one OP. That's it. <laughs> That's all you get. Yeah, yeah. And then on top so, of that, the ED didn't change. I'm like, well, it it did at some point, but like it, for the most part, it stayed the same. And I was like, well, that's fine, I guess. But I I was, I was holding out hope for Jolene by Dolly Parton at some point, but that never happened. (laughs) Sure, sure. That would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. And and these, these little things made part six feel lazier or, or less uh, energized than the other parts, you know, and, and, when I think of the way the OPs of part five make me feel, or especially the ways the OPs of part four make me feel when you add all the sound effects. And I, I like to watch it, watch them on YouTube with both the sound effects and the vocal parts added in. So it's just this like super chaotic <laughs> arrangement of sounds. And yeah, like I wish that that's how they did it for real to like add everybody's, uh, you know, yelling or their key lines or whatever. And it, like the atmosphere is, is just so um, emotional and so much tension and so much power. And yeah, Stone Ocean never reaches that point. Yeah, although I, I do have to say, uh, you know, still to David Productions credit, like despite all of these hiccups, despite all of these things not being as good as we know David Production could make them, um, I will say because this is a very unique experience for me because I'm not a manga reader, but I, I happen to read Stone Ocean. I was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised at how how well they were able to evoke emotion, especially in those last few episodes. Holy shit, like that that finale hit so hard despite me knowing exactly what was going to happen. And and that I think says a lot about how they tend to show a lot of care um, and a lot of uh, attention to detail when it comes to the overall telling of the Jojo story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that we 
oppose batch releases. Yeah, they suck. Mm-hmm. And there was like a really sad part of me because you don't get the the sense of community. I love every mm-hmm. week going on like subreddits for different anime and just like reading through all the comments and theorizing with people and getting really hype about what's going to happen in the next episode or how things will play mm-hmm. out. And you didn't have any of that for Stone Ocean. It was really, really sad. Yeah, and I I even feel like um, people's excitement for the series went away after the second uh, batch release because yes. it, there was such a hard stop in in the community and talking about it that like when it, the second batch released it was kind of like oh well i'm not wa- i'm not i don't have time for this in my life now i had time for it when it was airing like when the first batch got released but now there's like this break that like breaks up my routine for it yeah i, I you're spot on and i think um you'd get like that initial hype for like one week and then it would die down because mm-hmm. everyone already watched everything so there's nothing to talk mm-hmm. about at that point mm-hmm. like you've had your, your discourse within the first week or two so it's like all right move on to the next thing well it's, yeah. it's interesting that you bring up the kind of water weekly water cooler discussion of anime shows and i want to i want to tangent this just just for a moment into uh, the rise of prestige television and the way that we think about television um, because it is a relatively documented cultural trend for the rise of pre- prestige television, kind of starting with Lost and The Sopranos and building forward into stuff like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, where it changed the way that we think about television as a media uh, or as a medium. Um, where, you know, previously we had 30, 30 minute episodes that were all self-contained and they're just kind of like, uh, dumb and easily consumable, but suddenly we have longer term storytelling, um, longer, like heavier themes, more dense character writing and, and more kind of abstract characters, um, or morally ambiguous characters, more hyper realism. And how that changed the way that we think about the medium and, and brought more people into this kind of weekly discussion of it. And, you know, we talk about that a lot in anime now that, oh, uh, you know, we, we want to talk about, every you know, Vinland Saga week after week. We want to talk about JoJo's week after week. Uh, but certainly there was a time where that would not have been a cultural norm uh, because we weren't used to thinking about television in that way. Um or at least I'm assuming that, that this would be true. If you go back to, you know, the eighties, the nineties, are people really talking about anime in this exact same way? Even, even in Japan, is that necessarily going to be a thing? Um, you know, are we having, you know, if you go back to that time, would you be having weekly discussions about Trigun, uh, with all of your friends? I mean, you're not consuming Trigun every week anyway because you have to, you know, wait for it to get licensed and released over here or wait for a fan bootleg or something. Um, but yeah, it's just, just interesting how uh, this this larger shift towards the way we think about the art form of television and how that goes not only from heavy-duty prestige television, but it filters all the way down to, you know, what would be non-prestige television as well. Yeah, and you know it's the Last of Us season finale this coming Sunday. All right, uh, which is today. It is this coming Sunday, which is today. <laughs> uh, it's also the Oscars tonight. Um, so yeah, like the Last of Us is the last big uh, 
to your point, like show that everyone's going to be talking about for the foreseeable future until the next thing. Mm-hmm. And HBO is like one of the few few uh, TV companies doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, is it gonna? Yeah, is it gonna translate over into anime? Hopefully not. Hopefully there's not like that shift <laughs> as well. But that's a good point. Like yeah, like, like on Tsunami, we watch something every you know as it comes out. But yeah, it's already been out in Japan for years. Yeah. Uh, but, but, and I, I wonder if, if anime, so anime sits in this in a unique way because of the way that the manga, because it's normally an adaptation of the manga and because of the way manga is written in comparison to American comics. Um, I think it lends itself to this sort of like weekly, weekly discussion, these in, interesting longer term storytelling, longer term character writing, heavier themes. Um, so it it let it is in that way kind of a prestige sort of format, despite not being prestige television in the way that people use that term. Um, but yeah, if you are watching Evangelion back in the day, uh, you're probably not watching it one episode a week. You're watching it as an entire series when you get access to it or you're watching it in like three or four episode batches off of VHS tape as it gets released here in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wonder, I wonder how that impacted the way people talked about it at the time and how it impacted the way we think of it in historical context relative to how we consume things now. Food for thought. Man, Dad, you, you should teach a course mm-hmm. on, on, on prestige television yeah. and its rise in anime. And Stone, would, Stone Ocean can be an yeah. example of like how not to do things. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. yeah. well, if, idea. If, you, if you liked me on five hours, of, you know, four hours of sleep or whatever, you're going to love me when I'm well rested. <laughs> <laughs> but Carl, right, what, Carl, yeah, what was your uh, first honorable mention? So my f- first honorable mention... Uh, it was a show that I just happened to stumble upon you know, when reading seasonals on my anime list. I have Ooh. your boy Kong Ming. I hope <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was kind of like a, a surprise hit, I, I would say, for me at least in the summer. And, uh, you know, I, I can't talk about your boy Kong Ming without talking about the OP, which I think was just an absolute vibe for 2022. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything so outrageous or extraordinary like in terms of OPs for 2022 besides your boy Kung Ming kind of oh, learned the animation was crazy <laughs> yeah, it was just all in your face I didn't know what I was looking at <laughs> and plus Courtney and I and I learned the dance that they do during the OP <laughs> Um, oh, heck you yeah. learned the dance. We yeah. did. Yeah. Anytime we were, because uh, there was a, an anime convention that was coming up, so we were like, you know, if we get drunk enough and the song happens to come on, we gotta be ready to dance. Like we just gotta be ready at the top of the head. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like just following Kong Ming's movements, like a just dance uh, s- session when we're watching the OP. Uh, but yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like a huge fan of the what do you call it? like the the romantic. Kingdoms that that period of like ancient Chinese the three history. kingdoms is that romance of the three kingdoms there yeah thank you uh, but yeah I just love the fish out of water aspect with your boy Kong Ming and it just mm-hmm. happened 
I just happened to learn along the way that it was focused on on music and a sort of rags to riches story um, for the character that Kong Ming happens to follow. And yeah, it was just it was just a fun watch for me. Um, kind of, I guess it was an honorable mention because I felt like at certain parts in the show you you see less of Kong Ming, which which mm-hmm. makes sense, but. You know, with him being in the starring role, I feel like he he stole the scene, like he stole every scene that he was in, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just hope that they they make a season two. I, I haven't heard any news about it, but it was definitely a, a fun mm-hmm. show to watch. Every time I see a truck drive by with a large LED, <laughs> you know, screen attached to it, I think of oh shit, it's gonna stop and they're gonna start playing music. <laughs> the stage is gonna, it's gonna be like a rap battle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Kong Ming was special because it it was such an interesting premise that I like did not see coming. Yeah. Like like a you reverse know, like, isekai or something. Yeah, and about like the three kingdoms. I've never heard of that ever before in my life. <laughs> um, but the show is so interesting. I think for me what set what set it down a few bars is the music. It was all about the music, but it felt like the music was like the last thought about the show. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? agree. I agree. Yeah, and I really wanted Aiko to like write a really good song, like write the best song ever, but it wasn't really like the best song ever. But the things that transpired in the show, like in regards to Kong Ming and like how he got her to fame is like wild. And I was like on the edge of my seat watching it like every week. But yeah. Yeah, like it's applying military strategy <laughs> to like yeah, music to, marketing. <laughs> and like social media marketing. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this show? Yeah. That sounds cool. I should watch that. You should it watch sounds it. Like it's like really it is, it's and it's funny like it's like it's funny it's like dramatic um there's a lot of like character development in it you know mm-hmm. no <laughs> okay dan honorable mention you know i i think 2022 could be the year of which i have watched the most anime very nice i like like in in terms of I have watched more 2022 anime shows Amazing. than I have mm-hmm. of any other year of anime. It's because there's so many good ones. Yeah, it was stacked. Yeah, there were there were a lot of good ones, and I was really working hard to make the best best 2022 <laughs> episode. Um, sure, it wasn't 1998. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, 1998 also a stacked <laughs> year for anime. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I want to give a, a momentary shout out to the ones that didn't make the cut because I did oh, think shit. that they were really good. Euro, oh, shit. Uh, Euro Camp movie was really good, but Euro okay. Camp works better as a TV show than as a movie. Summertime rendering, I love. Did it, it make your list? Didn't make the list. Oh my god! I get that, it, I get that it's technically oh. so good, but it just didn't, it's so good. It didn't have any emotional resonance with me oh man you totally missed the whole romance dan yeah the romance the romance didn't really land for me Um, and you can hear my thoughts on this more in our uh, in our episode about it uh but my first honorable mention is going to be bochi the rock honorable mention yeah and I, I, i really we didn't talk about bochi the rock on here but i i left about uh a, sh- 
I, I left a, a relatively short novel on the Anime <laughs> Brothers Discord, uh, kind of all for giving all my different thoughts and all the different emotions that, that Bochi the Rock brought out on me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a band guy when I think of my life and my identity. A lot of it, you know, the way that I understand and interact with the world around me largely revolves around bands. Even if I take a break from playing in bands, still I come back to this, you know. Um, and it's really central aspect to, to what I think about, you know, what I want to do with my time and the life that I want to live. Uh, how I build relationships in my life and, and how I see my place in the world. And so Bochi the Rock really spoke very loudly and, and clearly to me. Um, well, it sounds like it should be higher on the list now. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. That's a really good ex- explanation there, Dan. Yeah, but Bochi the Rock, you know, it, it made me feel a lot of things because it's so pertinent to my life. But I think mm. as an objective anime show, not that it, not that it could be better in some kind of way, because I, I don't think that that's true. But I, I think there were other shows that were more emotionally impactful and mm-hmm. more. Um, thematically powerful than Bochi the Rock. I mean, I like Bochi the Rock because it's the kind of shit that I'm into. But mm-hmm. as we go up the list, I think there are other choices we will see that it's like, <laughs> this is this is just plain power. There's no denying it. I feel like that's going to be a common theme for like everyone. It's you're like, you're going to... F- this is good. This, one, this show is really good and everyone should watch it. But there's a show that is way more... <laughs> thematically resonating with me and like you know yeah so. well you're you're gonna can... you're gonna flip your lid by the time i get to oh my number God. one you're not, you're not gonna like it you're gonna object i know you're gonna object oh i think i know what it is I'm, I'm i think a, i know i'm gonna it throw is. it down because i think it's an interesting discussion point uh-huh, okay all right jeff honorable mention honorable mention would be kotaro oh nice nice yeah i think i i almost put it on my top five but i was like you know the animation was just (laughs) netflix (laughs) (laughs) yeah limited animation which was fine but i never thought that uh watching a show about a child eating tissues would make me cry so damn you know that's and i i feel like it was on a it was on a down low uh from seasonal stuff Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there, I think, I'm trying to think of what just finished. Maybe it was Ranking of Kings or something like that. I don't remember. But I remember feeling like there wasn't anything else to watch and it was fall, maybe. So it's maybe during the fall season. I don't know. I just, I was like in that mood and that mindset already of being sad and depressed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, don't, I was like, there's not, I think if you don't, if, if you don't, uh, if you're not impacted by the show, I don't think you have a soul. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so that's my final thoughts. <laughs> okay. So my first honorable mention might blow your minds, but it is licorice recoil. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because it's such a good show. We all know, we all know this. We did a whole episode on it. It's one of the like, coolest shows that i think came out last year the girls are cute the premise is wild and wacky and fun but there are shows that 
that I love more than this because I feel like they are um, higher quality in animation and um, stuff. But I didn't want to leave Licorice Recoil out of the out of the running. It would mm-hmm. have made my list if there weren't so many. I have to say mm-hmm. that anime had one of the most standout first five minutes of all the anime in 2022 mm-hmm. because you know you've got Literally. like these girls who look like schoolgirls and then suddenly they're firing guns and it's like John Wick and I'm like what the <laughs> hell am I watching <laughs> exactly a little 180 mm-hmm. <laughs> okay Courtney your last honorable mention so mine um, has already been briefly mentioned it's summertime rendering Okay, Which, all right. It's <laughs> breaking my heart. <laughs> I I loved it. I loved it so much. I'm waiting for Carl to watch it. I think the storytelling is great. The pacing is great. I've seen other anime that do what summertime rendering is is doing, uh, but not nearly as successful as the way they handle mm-hmm. it because it can get very confusing very, very quickly yeah. trying to follow <laughs> what's happening. Clearly, you can tell I'm trying to be very light about my spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought it was so good. I love the animation. I love the characters. Um, I found every single character to be like either like entertaining or endearing, and that's not something I can often say with every single show. So yeah, I think it was great. I just think it was a shame that it was stuck behind Disney Japan jail or wherever it was for such a long time. So I can't wait for more people to have access to it and to be able to watch yeah. it. And that's like a, another, like the other show that I wanted to talk about that like got stuck in not being able to be released weekly. So there's no water cooler talk about the show, which it would have benefited from yeah. so much yeah. because mm-hmm. there's so many things that happen in each episode and each episode builds on top of that. It's just wild. <laughs> and it would have, it would have like sparked so much community like interest if we could have watched it weekly. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. There's a lot to sink your teeth into in summertime rendering. It's a good show for, would have been a good show for theorizing. Yeah, and I felt like a lot of the mm-hmm. plot twists were actually unexpected. Because sometimes you do have like that inkling, you're like, I think I know where this is going. I have a feeling what's going <laughs> to happen next. But I was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised by a lot of the story beats. I was like, I had a lot of oh shit moments, which was great. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. All right, Carl. And so my last honorable mention is actually a, a film uh, from 2022 that I didn't oh, I didn't think that I would enjoy. Um, it was Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. And oh, heck yeah. <laughs> most people probably know, like, I'm not a huge Jujutsu Kaisen fan. I thought season one was just, it was good, but not like great. I don't know why I loved Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, though. Maybe it's just because I found the protagonist, uh, it was Utah. A little mm-hmm. more compelling than Itadori, um, and, and maybe it's just because I think Jujutsu Kaisen Zero helped me understand the lore of the world a little bit more. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, the, the production quality was still there with Mappa at the helm, and I don't like. I can't. I can't explain it. It's it's just very <laughs> weird. Like I. Uh, it just hit different. It, yes, it hit very different from watching the regular <laughs> season of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I can't I can't say what about it makes it cool because the regular series is like 
cool on its own. Like I'm not a super huge like diehard JJK fan, mm-hmm. but I do love JJK. I think like the last like 10 episodes of the season were stellar and I think it like drew me more into the series and the characters. And then JJK Zero hit just at like that right time when you're like thinking about Jujutsu Kaisen and you want more of it, but like there's not any like prospect of a third season yet. And then like you get hit with like another character to like sink your heart into. So I think maybe that's that's what it was for Yeah, me. I think it, it came out at the right time, especially for JJK fans since nothing else for their series was announced in 2022. Mm-hmm. Although I think there is an upcoming season for this year that was announced. Yeah, so I think so. I think okay. I look forward yeah. to that. And um, yeah, just yeah. the concept of it being like a prequel, like it, this is a canon anime film. Hell yeah, it's, let's go canon like, films. You don't, you don't <laughs> hear that yeah, often. thank you. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that I need to still watch it. <laughs> It's good. It's coming from someone who doesn't like Jujutsu Kaisen so much. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever there's like a show like that, I always just compare it to Naruto. Like, I don't know why, but it's always that. I'm always. (laughs) Same genre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Kakashi and Gojo, they look the same. (laughs) The same. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan, last honorable mention. So my second topper honorable mention is one that uh kind of on any given day this could be number five and number five could be the other honorable mention um i I kind of flipped back and forth about this quite a bit one through four are pretty set in stone for me but five i was kind of flip-flapping about but then when i looked at my anime list i saw that i gave my number five a 10 out of 10 and i gave kotaro lives alone a nine out of 10 and I thought about how Amelia would talk shit to me <laughs> that I get that I you know gave a nine out of ten a higher preference to a ten out of ten. But yeah, Kotaro lives alone was my my um, main um, honorary mention. And I yeah, we have a whole episode about it, so you can dig deep about my thoughts on it there. I really did love it, and I really did recommend it to a lot of people. Uh, but there were some specific aspects of the plot that kind of had me raising my eyebrows. And so that, <laughs> that got it stuck in the honorable mentions category. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I think we swapped Dan. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got both. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh interesting. shit. Okay. All right. Just break my heart. Okay guys. Like, let's break it. Let's go. I didn't want to cry today. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've, I've, with a lot of what Dan said about, you know, playing with music, I think, you know, I think uh, the anxiety that playing music in front of people gives me is very much the same anxiety that Bochi gives me or that a Bochi experiences in the show. So I can empathize and sympathize with that character. But uh, with that said, what happens in the show? I guess it's like, yeah, I I think plot wise. um, uh, Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have anything. I don't need issues with the plot. It was more like, what was, what was the end game Mm. in the, in the series, you know? And I don't think that's really the important part is just more like you're growing with Bochi and her bandmates. That's what's really important. But, um, you know, all the references were stellar. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah animation was stellar for for a show that's more of a drama it's hard, that's uncommon for have to have you know like top tier animation um and to see like all the finger movements and the of the guitar and the hands on the on the fretboard seemed very accurate i don't know just good yeah. shit mm-hmm. i would i would put it up higher if i if i if you know shows like yeah i forget if i mentioned this on our podcast but i talked about it a bit on the the, the anime brothers discord but i've been to those venues in tokyo and i was uh mm-hmm. i was like i recognized uh studio loft immediately and i was like oh i remember going to see razor's edge and barbecue chickens there and that it took barbecue me chicken. took me a little bit to uh realize that starry <laughs> was supposed to be shimi shimo kitazawa's shelter and i was like man that's the first show i ever went to in tokyo when i was 18 i went there with jenny um on the summer between high school and college i saved up all all my money from the deli and uh, from working at the the grocery store deli and jenny and i went we went and saw forward and struggle for pride at shelter like right off the plane practically uh and i was like damn man i i remember that shit now that i put it together it's like man i i remember walking I was down there. that stairway you know where yeah. you were standing oh, in that exact room like watching kind of, it. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Bochi's an honorable man. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I will say that Bochi, it's it was a great show to demonstrate like a person's passion for music and i think mm-hmm. bochi is mm-hmm. like definitely relatable amongst a lot of people i think that's what drew people in so much is you know she's mm-hmm. she's very stellar at playing guitar it's just that it's hard for her to communicate that uh, in a different way that's more external um i i think it's still early days for bochi the rock because uh jeff as you said uh, the end game like I wasn't sure what the end game was either, but I, I can tell like all of these girls in this band have the passion to to pursue their their musical passions, mm-hmm. and I think I'm sure there's going to be a season two around the corner. Just seeing where they go from there, um, and the sort of trials and tribulations that the band may go through, uh, I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch with Welchi. Hmm. I think the antithesis of this anime would be like Ongaku, our sound. Yeah, a little bit. Which yeah. is just like, like I don't care how I sound. <laughs> I'm just going to make music. Yeah. You know, even if it's not good. But yeah. Ongaku yeah. kicked ass. It was a great anime movie. Right. Okay, so Two thumbs up. my last honorable mention, and I don't think anybody has said anything about this anime. So this might come out of left field, but mine is Akiba Made Wars. Oh, I fucking Um, love that show. (laughs) Literally, it is such a good show. And I don't think anybody watched it. (laughs) I did. But it's like (laughs) it's set in the 90s and it's about um, a bunch of rival maid cafes that go gang shit at night. Like, cool. <laughs> it's so like funny and like the care the character like writing in it is so good. Like everybody is just like very much their own person and like they feel very real, <laughs> but also they're they're very comedic in the way they deliver a lot of their lines. It's just like 
It, I can't even explain it. You just have to watch it. Yeah, Carl. Carl's yeah, a big talk. fan of that, and so he he encouraged me to watch it. I I'm watching it slowly. I'm on episode five, I believe, so I'm not quite halfway oh, through. You gotta but, watch all of it right now. <laughs> I am enjoying what I'm seeing so far because yeah, it's like completely unexpected. It has that same like wow factor as your boy kong ming like you just like where is this going what the hell's happening mm -hmm. it's such a weird premise like they took a risk taking on you know this type of story but so far i think it's paid off yeah and it's like it, every episode like the stakes get raised higher mm -hmm. and they're like the characters are way more dramatic about how they respond to it and so it just like starts escalating to like crazy places <laughs> Pretty sure it's the same suit. A PA works worked on your boy Kung Ming, and then they worked oh, okay. on Akiba Made War. They're just right going left field with <laughs> everything. <laughs> Let's we need more of this yes. in the anime community. Yeah, so I, I have uh, one or two friends in Japan that I know are watching Akiba Made War that mentioned that to me. But my real experience with Akiba Made War was back in Baltimore when Stephen and I were watching a different show about. Uh, made Yakuza <laughs> guys becoming uh, idols and forming an idol this. group. Well, yeah, like some gender swapping kind of show. And Steven and I are watching this late at night, and then Amelia comes in the room and is like, Dan, you better not watch this. You should watch Akiba <laughs> Maid Wars. I swear, if you watch this and not Akiba Maid Wars, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I did say that. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So we get into our for real top yeah. fives. Our for reals top five. I'm excited five, guys. to hear these. Um, we've already talked about some of them, but I'm excited yeah. to see who's is on who's list. Yeah, so we've Courtney, seen a little bit of who's shitting on who's top five. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> well, I hope no one will shit on my number five because this one I hold near and dear to my heart. Because this one has my waifu. It's my dress up, darling. I love it so fucking much. And like, I'm, literally, me too, Courtney. I'm so with good. you. I was listening to your <laughs> podcast episodes. I'm like, yes, Courtney's my girl. Yes. It's like, I, I don't know why it's so good. I think it's a combination of like modding being like so infectious, so kind, and like welcoming of mm -hmm. everybody. And the relatability of, you know, seeing her and her passion with cosplay. Um, and then, of course, like the music was great. The animation was stellar. I keep talking about the titty physics. I mean, they put a lot of effort into animating her tits. Let's they be honest. <laughs> yeah. And it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I think the best part of it, um, I guess like light spoilers, like the best part of it is that it's a romance that kicks off right away. Um, while mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. there's nothing canon yet, you don't have to feel or like sit through the sit through the slow burn because Marion is so upfront about her feelings, um, I guess, to the audience. So you don't have to wait around thinking like, are they are they gonna get together? Maybe it's just a matter of time mm -hmm. at this point. And so I I'm fueled yeah. by the romance in the show. And what's really cool about this one is like, it's not like, oh, we held hands and I'm and now I'm embarrassed. It's like, um, you get to see like real moments that you've probably experienced with uh, your partners that like, uh, that the, the anime is highlighting. So it just like makes it that much more relatable. So like, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, there's just like a couple scenes where I'm like, wow, that was me with this person and 
I can think back to that moment of like how I felt in that moment. And then um, like how Marin, I can like relate more to like how Marin's feeling in the moment because I've experienced it. So I think there's like that factor of my, my dress up darling that kind of like sets itself up, like up higher above the rest. Yeah, completely. And I have to give props to the creator for, I guess like their knowledge and their passion for cosplay because mm-hmm. I, I co- I've cosplayed for, you know, years, but just very casual. My sister, on the other hand, is like a seamstress. Like she has her own studios, which she does for a living. Mm. And I would take mm. screenshots nice. of some of the like, you know, like Gojo's notes when he's like showing mm-hmm. Maureen how he's going to create some of her outfits. And I'm like, is this accurate? And, and she would respond and say, yeah, this is pretty damn accurate. Like this person knows yeah. what they're talking about. So it's, mm. it's so nice that it's not like, like surface level when it comes to cosplay like this creator definitely has a passion for it definitely has the knowledge behind it so you're getting a mm-hmm. great romance but also something that teaches you a lot about the art of cosplay mm-hmm. and like all aspects of cosplay not just like making the thing and like wearing the thing but like you know photography yeah. and photo shoots and like social media and like you know like connecting with other cosplayers and stuff like that like all of it it's just so good yeah like even just the experience of wearing a costume like the one episode where she gets really hot like it's it's middle of summer Mm -hmm. she gets really hot in her her cosplay I'm like we've all been there or that feeling Mm -hmm. of relief when you take a wig off your head after hours and hours of wearing it I'm like this this is resonating so hard with me And I think what's cool about My Dress Up Darling too is that like if you haven't experienced those things, like if you've been to like anime conventions or whatever, but you and you see everybody cosplaying and you haven't cosplayed yourself and you've always wanted to, one, it can get you into cosplay and two, this is the experiences are real. Like everything that she's experiencing is so real. So like you can kind of like secondhand experience it through. Yeah, her. absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can move on from My Dress Up Darling, but um, it's just such a, an amazing show. <laughs> <laughs> all right carl you're number five all right so my number five i think we've already addressed um but it's it's kind of lower on my list for the reasons that we talked about but i put jojo's bizarre adventure stone ocean at my number five oh, um i know a lot of it was just hampered by the decisions that netflix made with making the show a batch release and how that kind of mm-hmm. made the hype die down but i think and then, you know, like there's also the quality of animation that is questionable. But I think in terms of the story itself, I think that's what really drew me into Stone Ocean, like especially following Jolene and her journey from this sort of rebellious delinquent to this selfless savior. It's it's pretty synonymous with another JoJo protagonist. Um, it just happens to be her father. <laughs> um, so I, I love that there are many callbacks to part three with uh, part six, but also just with the entirety of Jojo as a whole. And I think I found part six a little bit more unique compared to other Jojo parts. And I think it's because mm-hmm. it's very synonymous with stuff that we've seen in part one which I, I don't want to like get into spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Jojo, but especially with how Stone Ocean ends and how it deals with this destiny or this theme of destiny and fate and coupling that with like typical Jojo tropes, like just facing insurmountable odds and facing them with resolve. 
I I just found something mm-hmm. so inspiring with Jolene's story compared to a lot of other JoJo protagonists that this had to be in my top five for 2022. In a way, I feel like Stone Ocean. I guess to sum it up, it, it felt like a break from the JoJo norm, but at the same time, one that still calls back to its roots. If that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, JoJo's part six was my number five as well. Oh, nice! Oh, damn! I'm right there with you, Carl. <laughs> and yeah, when I Mind when blown. I think of uh, Jolene versus the asteroid guy, or Foo Fighters death scene, or like like there's so many things that were that had me on the edge of my seat and so emotionally invested and adrenaline pumping and eyes wide. You know, I, I uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it from start to finish. It's so trippy, and it's so, uh, yeah, like Jolene setting herself on fire, the plane plane crash underground. You know, weather report in general, like the the way that I felt when um, weather report made the the air spacesuits and the vacuum against the brown frog guy. And I was like, man, like actually, I was wa- I was watching that on my computer over uh, over while well, I was eating breakfast, and and my dad was kind of half watching as well. I was watching this at my parents' house at the time, um, and just man, just the way that I felt, it was like noon. You know, he was having lunch, I was having breakfast, but um, but just like man, I it was a good emotion. It's good, <laughs> good television. I was into it. All right, Jeff, you're number five. Uh, my number five was Hakey Story. What? <laughs> silence. <laughs> silence. Absolute silence. I had, to, I had silence. to think about it. I was like, what? I think this was on my list. I just never got around to watching it. Yeah, it was a Siren Saru uh, produced show. I think it went under a lot of people's radars because it's it's a historical drama. Um about uh the Heian era clans and their war it's like it's sort of in this in the same vein as going back to three kingdoms and you know like this this kind of story has been written down it's been uh translated in many languages um but i don't think shows like this get enough attention which is why it's on my list um and it's beautiful to look at uh just Mm. gorgeous animation I think that has to be like the top, you know, when I'm, when I'm rating these five shows, animation needs to be either number one or number two next to story. Um, it's a little confusing story-wise, but um, it requires multiple watches, I think, for that reason. Uh, but yeah, the main character, Biwa, has got, um, what is the eyes, the uh, like two different color uh, eyes? What is that? Yeah. That's the thing. Um, so that's that. It, it's funny because it came out after we watched um, Wonder Egg. Wonder Egg Priority, and I kind of couldn't help but make that parallel. <laughs> oh, is heterochromia the newest trend in Japan? It is. <laughs> Doesn't the yeah. main yeah. character cool. of Summertime Rendering technically have heterochromia yes. too? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> We're doing an episode yeah. on this heterochromia. The newest trend from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But yeah, I rec- highly recommend it. 
it's uh something you could watch i don't know casually you don't need to, it's not a binge watch kind of show but it's up there okay my number five is something we've already talked about before but I'm just going to talk about it again. My number five is Bochi the Rock. Because I love this show. I think when I was watching it, and I think why it's so, like, stellar is because when when I was watching it, I was getting the feeling that I got when I first started watching anime. And, you know, like, when I first watched through, like, Lucky Star and all the anime references, Um, I didn't really get them the first go around, but like watching tons of other animes, you kind of like pick up on things. And then watching Bochi with all of the crazy animation styles that they do and like all of the anime references, it really made me feel like I was a part of like a community and like just by watching the show and not only that, but like Bochi is such a like a relatable character. Uh, there's always something that you haven't like wanted to do or you were anxious about doing that you like had to do anyway. So I feel like for all of those reasons, Bochi had to be on my list somewhere <laughs> on here. But so it's number five for me. Yeah, actually, I read all the anime references, like the uh, Ashida no Joe reference in there. That's sick. Yeah. Wasn't there like a, a JoJo reference too? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just say like with and- um with Bochi, like for her being so introverted, I think with all of her crazy facial and uh, physical expressions, they it it conveys those emotions really well. Like her feeling her anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I <laughs> I think the way they kind of did it metaphorically, it just worked and I think that's what helps make her like relatable for a lot of people. Yeah. I also feel like, like, I don't know that much about music. Um, but when I was watching it, I was like, this is the first, the first scene where they're playing, um, as a band for the first time, like the very first time, like they're all out of sync. They're not playing, mm-hmm. um, not playing together. They're out of tune, like whatever, until like they get into the song a little bit. I felt like that was like a very real moment. Um, and then all of like Jeff was saying, like the fret movements and stuff. I was like, this looks real to me. Like these people, like these characters, like they animated this so well um and like mixing the cg in i felt like was pretty seamless um and yeah i just wanted to comment on that it does help that they use motion capture Mm -hmm. to uh get a lot of the motions down Mm -hmm. otherwise i couldn't imagine animating that frame by frame like traditionally that's really really difficult and like it wasn't like zombie land saga or bang dream like it wasn't like cgi'd out you like they didn't change into completely different characters when they were playing music and but yeah <laughs> i thought that was very stellar mm. all right moving on to the number four on our list Courtney, so what was your number four? Yeah, my number four um, is one anime that I think had a lot of hype behind it, and I think delivered on that hype. And that's Spy mm-hmm. Family. I love Spy <laughs> Family. <laughs> like I just love it so much. I think that the story is really interesting. The comedy hits most of the time. The characters are really compelling, and also Lloyd is like straight up husbando material for me. So that's a, an added plus. <laughs> but I've loved every moment of Spy Family, and even though it's still early days for this show, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface of like the deeper storyline. 
it has me really excited to see where that's going to eventually go because I think it's setting itself up for something that's going to be very chaotic, very intense, and put a lot of strain on the spy family themselves. So I, I'm just so excited to see like where this story is going to go next, and I can't wait for for more of it. Plus, I have to commend Wit Studio and Cloverworks for their incredible collaboration to be able to split the episodes in half. I think like one studio does odd numbers, one does even numbers. And to have the animation look this clean, this high quality, this seamless, mm. I mm. think is is definitely noteworthy. Mm. Anya's kind of taken the anime world by storm now. Yeah, <laughs> she's like oh one goodness. of the best girls to come mm. out of 2022. Everywhere I go, I see yeah. her face. Her smug <laughs> oh face. My God, I her know. smug face, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw her on a bumper sticker yesterday driving. <laughs> oh my god! Cool. Very cool. <laughs> All right, Carl, your number four. So I, I just realized I think my number four, three, and two have actually already been addressed, but that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Yeah, I could talk about these all day, but uh, my number four, I put Lycoris Recoil. Um, oh shit! Yeah, higher up the rank. Okay. All yeah. right, tell us why. Um, I know it's like, it's, it's an original anime, and I know those usually, they don't get a lot of love, but I think this one I just happened to stumble upon, too, like just browsing through my anime list. Um, and I, I normally, I'm not, I don't think I've watched many like cute girls doing cute things shows, although I think it's kind of coincidental because I just happened to watch Gunsmith Cats, Right before I watched oh, like this nice. week, hell yeah, and hell yeah. yeah, I was just like, I guess getting or watching Gunsmith Cats kind of got me into the mood for watching this, and yeah, it was just a, it was an unexpected show with its premise, and Courtney mentioned this before how it it just feels so John Wick esque with all of its action mm-hmm. sequences, and I think Chisato's story is really interesting too, with like kind of how she has a. A, a turning point in her life where she kind of goes against the norms of this society that's like seeking to suppress violence but like her kind of going this non-violent route was just something that was so fascinating to me and seeing her relationship with Takina and how much like even though they're complete opposites how much the, they've bonded over the course of the show was, was a treat to watch um, and I remember like when we Courtney and I went to Japan last year, there was like so much Lycoris Recoil merchandise that they had. Really? So merchandisable really? though. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, like I f- if I saw anything Lycoris Recoil, I would buy it immediately or I would try and win it out of whatever crane machine. It yeah, was. <laughs> I was tempted because I think there was a Chisato plush in one of the crane machines. Oh my mm. God. But- and Chisato is such a good girl. Mm-hmm. Like she's just like an all around good girl. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's the kind of sparkling personality you want to be around. Yeah, she's got a great yeah. voice actress. Her voice yeah. actress just like hits every line and and captures her like her bubbliness perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like the um the hacker. That was my favorite character. <laughs> 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 just put me in a closet with a computer and I'm good. <laughs> Most hackers, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's Pochi's next <laughs> season. She's gonna be a hacker in her. 
He's going to put the band on top of them digital charts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my number four was Chainsaw Man. Number four, Dan. It's a strong year for anime. We, we've spent oh so God. much time talking about Chainsaw Man. We did spend yeah. so much time. So I, I won't go into detail here, but I, I enjoyed Chainsaw Man. But I do think anime did better than Chainsaw Man this year. Oh um, shit! Jeff. That was. I mean, like that was pretty good, though. But yeah. I'd, I'd say it was number four. <laughs> Jeff, what was your number four? You know, I copied you. Oh my you. god! You're really on a similar. Did I not like get the year, memo? <laughs> yeah, we are, and I and I, I was toggling it between this other anime that is my number three, and I really had to think about it. I was like, hmm. For the same reason, I was like, Chainsaw Man, the hypest show of the year, if not the, you know, not the hypest show of the year. It's like, does that have anything to do with our, you know, uh, uh, final decision or like, you know, swaying our opinion Mm. in one way or the other? And I think if they finished, if they did all of the first part in one year, I would give it, I would put it up Mm. higher. It might be like one or two, but like because of the animation the caliber of which the animation is done yeah like I wanted to put it higher but I was like well it's just the first part you're like establishing the story you're establishing characters um it took certain liberties which I think a lot of people were against or at least uh surprised by you know I think I, I think maybe even my opinion was swayed by this argument but I think that something like Dora Hidoro, which was a lot more liberal in their choices and like their visual choices. If they had gone in that direction and like took a chance maybe uh, with a more vibrant, more stylistic approach, then maybe, you know, it would have stood out a little bit more. I, I mean, I like realism. I like Satoshi Kon and I like that whole uh, uh, field of animation, but yeah, I don't know. It could have could have took more choice mm. chances. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amelia, what was your number four then? Oh, my Are we going to be in so- podcast consensus here? <laughs> no, because I think Chainsaw Man is stellar and way above <laughs> number four. Um, my mm. number four is Summertime Rendering. Mm. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much more, but uh, it was. Like, it left me speechless <laughs> after every episode. So I had to put it on number four. Mm. Mm. Right on to our top threes. Top three. This is, this is where I feel like I might know some of them, but now maybe I don't. All killer, no filler. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, start us off. All right, my number three is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Ooh. I think it's so good, and I, yeah. I I like Studio Trigger. I've never been like a diehard fan <laughs> of theirs, uh, but oh, I enjoy no. what I watch. <laughs> 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 but holy shit, I was so surprised by Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and I was. It, I think it's only ten episodes. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. I'm like, I, I I want more of it. Like at least twelve. Make it at least twelve. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that the animation was amazing. They put together a cohesive story 
story. Um, the music was awesome, which to be fair, a lot of it is pulled from the video game, but I think they used it in a really, really good way. And I didn't think that I would be so compelled by David's story. I didn't think I'd be so emotional with that last episode. Uh, it hit really, really hard. Like I remember watching it mm-hmm. with Carl and we just binge straight through the whole thing because we were so enthralled by what we were watching. Uh, so I have to say it was it was fantastic. And I think the character designs too were really, really cool. Yeah, I feel you. And I, I think cyberpunk is going to come back up. Oh, it will. Oh, it will. I have a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, you're number three. So my number three, I feel like it's been mentioned, but it's it's another show that just deserves a little more love is Akiva Made War. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah, Carl! I, I, number three! Yeah, I, Amazing. I fucking loved this show. Um, it, was, it was so yeah, good! I was, it was so exciting getting, like... I was always looking forward to watching the next episode because Amelia, like you said, the stakes just get higher for no reason. <laughs> and for literally no yeah, reason. Yeah, and the the hijinks amongst the the maid cafe, like each of the characters just meshes so well. But you know, I think just premise wise overall, it's weird. Like a maid cafe that's set to like like as if it's taking place in a yakuza film. I don't know if like mm-hmm. calling it something along the lines of something Quentin Tarantino would have come up with is, is like the right analogy, but mm-hmm. yeah, this show was so unexpected in so many ways <laughs> that I, I just loved it. And even the, 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 the OP. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> it's, it's, it starts off so like dark and desolate and then it goes into the, the happy go lucky maid cafe stuff. And then the ED, which just sounds like the ending of a, like a Yakuza <laughs> film or like a, a some sort of Western. <laughs> it's, I think it's, yeah. Um, mm. Ronco who's singing it. Uh, mm-hmm. Ronco's like best girl in that show, in my opinion. Um, so, totally. so many, Absolutely. So many best random girl. things like the, the, the backstory of the, the Russian maid and then the manager is just one of my favorite characters on the show. Oh my God. The manager frustrated me till no end, but I don't think that I, it, it could have happened to any other way. Yeah. So it's a very incompetent, but just, just a great, well, great comic relief for the show. So, Oh my God. Yeah, Hilarious. I, I, I just hope that more people can get to watch Akima Maiden work. Cause it was just, yeah, it was such a great show. And I, yeah, Courtney mentioned that she's going through it right now. I'd, I'd love to rewatch it alongside her. Join me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my number yeah. three is Maiden Abyss season two. Ooh, that's a good one, <laughs> dude. What what a show! You know that really it made me think. It made me feel. It it hit me with a million tons of force right in the face. There are so many just absolutely chilling brutality of life type parts <laughs> throughout the show. And I, I get that the ending was a little bit of a emotional quagmire, or as we discussed on our episode about it, I, I wasn't totally sure what the emotional through line was supposed to be towards the end, but the, the journey 
was just just immaculate. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I think about my expectations for what Maiden Abyss, and I, you know, I loved season one. Obviously, loved it more than the average person probably. Um, and when I thought of my expectations for season two and where I thought the story was going to go, uh, this the end result was so different in all the right ways. It was it, was, it took the show in an unexpected direction to me, and that just made it all the more interesting and all the more exciting. So, yeah, yeah. this is one that, yeah, top three for sure. Maybe yeah. this continues yeah. to be some of the best anime in the game right now. I have to agree. I think Made in Abyss is phenomenal um, overall. And I I love a good mystery. And it doesn't have to be like a murder mystery. I love the mystery Mm -hmm. of the abyss. The world building Mm -hmm. that they have is incredible. And you know a season is great when it leaves you itching for more. Like I can't wait for more of the Mm -hmm. story. I've heard Mm -hmm. that the manga needs some time to like you know, catch yeah, up. catch mm-hmm. up before we're going to get any more of the anime. So that's a little bit of a heartbreaker, yeah. but I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is, it is a, a truth. It ain't an opinion. It is a, it is a fact that <laughs> what the people want, what the people want is not more made in abyss per se. It is for these fucking animation studios to take their time and make yep. a great end mm-hmm. product. And then Absolutely. we get more made in abyss. Let us wait. For the ideal bait in the abyss of our dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. The fans ain't going anywhere. We're still going right. to be fans in five years. We won't forget. <laughs> I will never forget. I'll never I forget. For- I can't, I can't forget. forget. Yeah. Never forget. It has made me not be able to forget. Yeah. I think about it every night when I go to I bed. I know. I can't forget <laughs> when they ate them kids. I can't forget. <laughs> I can't so forget. Sad. That toilet that licks your butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Now Don't we're talking that. anime. <laughs> 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 All right, Jeff, you're number three. All right. What do you think it is? Oh, uh, well, I think I know what your number one is, but I don't know now. <laughs> I bet it's made in the best because we're so on the same wavelength. Oh, my God. Is it? Yeah. No, it's summertime. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Ranked it higher than you put Amelia. It higher. Higher than me. Hell yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, we are just coming off of a review. Uh, so that, that's probably, probably part of the reason. And yeah, I don't know. I think, I think in 10 years, you can go back and watch the show and it'll still be good. It doesn't rely too heavily on the tropes mm-hmm. of the time. Um, and it's an it's it's completed. It's a neat a neat Ooh. package. It's it's just done. We love a good bow. Finished. Yeah, we don't need ten seasons oh. to make it good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, and just like it, it, it's a bingeable show. And I think going back to what we were talking about with uh, releasing it weekly, it does work as a bingeable show. Um, and I was watching it pretty quickly. Like I feel like. Because it ended on a cliffhanger each episode, I wanted to know what happened next, and I never felt bored. So hell yeah, Carl has it's uh, such a good show. Has everyone convinced you to watch it yet? No, yeah, yeah. It was what three episodes? No, or yeah. No, I no. <laughs> I don't, that's just a mid midwestern thing. No, yeah, but yes, I am. I'm convinced now to just finish the show because I think I had 
gotten up to three episodes with Courtney and then I just had moved on to other shows. Also, but, I couldn't wait. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess since it's all out I mean, now, I, I, I really need to catch up and listen back to your guys' episode. Yeah, it is on Hulu. Okay. Too. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot easier to it's get. It's out of I Disney was watching it on- <laughs> Yeah. You mean Ushio's panty shots weren't enough to enthrall you? <laughs> <laughs> over and over again? I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> okay. My number three. And we've and the reason we've talked about this one. The reason it's number three is because the other two are just so stellar that I could not. I had a, such a hard time picking my number three. My number one is a solid lockdown, but my two and three, I was like, Ugh, can I? Is there another a new number that we can make up that I will include both of these and then I don't have to pick? But my number three is my dress up, darling. Nice. <laughs> and. If the number one anime didn't come out this year, she would have been number one. But I fucking love Marin. Um, I loved that series immediately. Um, I knew it was going to be something that I resonated really hard with. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I just fucking love her. I think it's such a good show for rom-com fans. Like people who just love and live for and are fueled by rom-coms. My Dress Up Darling mm-hmm. gives you everything you want. <laughs> like I, I'm still yeah. trying to find another rom-com that can like satisfy me as much <clears throat> as My Dress Up Darling as we wait mm-hmm. for season two to come out. And like I've mm-hmm. found, you know, a few that are, are close, but I don't know. I'm, I just, I guess I have to wait for season two. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's something about Marin. Yeah. <laughs> I think she just makes it so much better. Um, but also speaking of uh, anime that need to catch up to the manga, that I don't think we're going to get any more Dress Up Darling anytime oh. soon. But I am happy to <laughs> wait. I am absolutely happy to wait. I don't think it's meant to, the, the ED, what a great ED. And the OP, honestly, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. my God, every oh my facet God. of yeah, that man. anime is so good. It's just like, the cute, cute, cute. That's making me want to go yeah. rewatch it. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of rom-coms, as you say this, but I like this as a rom-com. Like, I, I was here for it for the same reasons. Like, it just doesn't drag out the, the problematic, uh, overdone romance that is anime mm-hmm. that you know takes seasons upon seasons for the for them just yeah, to hold and then it, it right the, right the when they eyes. become can and the show ends so you don't get to see anything after <laughs> i i don't know how my best of darling will pan out but let's hope they give us a little something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay guys are you getting ready to Number get in the top two? Oh boy oh my god <laughs> this is wild yeah. Um, Courtney, what was your almost number one? (laughs) (laughs) So this is also one that's been mentioned, um, but I'm happy to talk about it again. My number two is Kotaro Lives Alone. (laughs) Wow, so high. I loved it. Again, it's another like short anime. It's only 10 episodes and definitely flew under the radar. Um, I don't know if it was like a Netflix promotional thing or whatever, but we we heard about it through Anime Brothers. We were like, they're talking so highly about it. Let's just give it a shot. And I'm thankful that we did. We binged it all in, what, one night, I want to say? Yeah. And it was just, it was so good. And I think what, like, 
What makes it so good to me is the subtlety in which it delivers the dramatic parts of the story or the drama parts of the story. Because it's technically mm-hmm. filed under a comedy. But I love that because then you have no fucking clue what you're getting yourself into when you start watching this show. And we loved it so much that um, my sister, who is not like a big anime fan at all, she's watched like a handful of things in the past, like Paranoia Agent and like, or on Host Club, like that's pretty much it. So we recommended it to her and she enjoyed it. And I think she binged it in like two nights. So I think it's a great anime that can cater to a lot of different audiences as long as you can like appreciate the undertones of the story. And I, I tread very carefully talking about Cultural Lives Alone because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because you just have to experience it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I even knew about Kotaro until I was like browsing Netflix and uh, it, it just popped up in like their recommended like, go check this out. It dropped today. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. Is this real? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this kid's anime? And then I was like, oh, my yeah, God, it's not yeah. a kid's anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it flips it on you. <laughs> It, it, it uh, subverts yeah, expectations. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what's good about it. And uh, I don't know if anyone's watched the live action yet. There's a live action version. I'm, I'm still want to watch it. I've seen yeah. clips of it on YouTube. Um, I don't know if okay. it'll hit the same as just watching it in anime form. Um, but I mean, the, the kid looks like Kotaro, so I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. The, do they paint big like eyelids? Or big <laughs> Straight eyes lines. Face? They should have, but no. Yeah. <laughs> He's got funky contacts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Carl, you're mm. almost number one. Funny because my number two is also Kotaro Lives Alone. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice podcast yeah. consensus. <laughs> wow. This is kind of odd. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how. I mean, yeah, Anime Brothers brought it up, and I think there were just people that we knew who kept saying, "Oh, Kotaro lives alone. You should watch it." And like, I just saw you know, the preview on Netflix, and initially I was thinking, "Like, why would I want to watch this show about a kid?" But <laughs> I don't think there's been any other anime in 2022 that had left me so speechless or just had resonated with me on a more personal level than watching Kotaro's journey. Um, it's just funny. We, we always say like, oh, we don't want to spoil it for anyone because I think it is worth the experience just to go into it with with having no prior knowledge. But yeah, it had me laughing. It had me angry. It had me in tears, sometimes all in the same episode. And I think, yeah, this is one of the few shows last year that both you and I, Courtney, really just wanted to watch the next episode as soon as one wrapped up. Um, I think it was definitely a sleeper hit for 2022 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i remember after we wrapped up the show i i went on to like spotify and and searched kotro and i just realized that you guys and anime brothers are the only podcast that had talked about kotro lives alone so i just wanted to say really? thank you for that because it, it just helped me to <laughs> to ride that high um after watching oh, yeah. the show and yeah i, I can't explain like, it Kotaro is still a show that sticks in my mind, and I think about it every now and then. And I'll even just go on YouTube and watch clips just to make me feel something. But it's just a show that left 
such an, a significant impact on me in 2022 that I thought it was deserving of this spot. You know, I'm, I'm curious if we check back in in five years after you guys are full on parents, uh, how you're going to feel about it. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah. I know. We'll, well, we should do a rewatch at that point and see if like our yeah. perspective just totally changes having a child of our own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm sure it'll hit even harder. <laughs> yeah. You know, think of, think of it is like when I think of my child having to cook, I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my first Aaron the uh or like what is it what's it called in uh on netflix now old um, english oh old yeah. Enough. yeah old enough did you have you guys watched that like, we've seen I, i've seen two episodes of it mm-hmm. okay cool all right continue <laughs> okay no but i mean like is that something that would you consider doing send like, our kid you, to you the know, grocery store <laughs> um maybe not yeah. in Take chicago the damn <laughs> <laughs> but you know <laughs> You'll yeah. have to document. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to like be <laughs> hiding around the corner, just keeping an eye on things. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be extremely anime of you to do that, really. Yeah. <laughs> so my my number two could arguably be my number one if someone's going to argue technicalities with me. But my number two is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Number two, Daniel. Number two, and I I went into this. This was a a shocking hit for me. I went into this, like, when this got announced, I was like, I, mean, I ain't gonna watch this shit anytime soon. I don't really care about a video game adaptation in this context. Uh, but then it, I even, the the internet's hype and the internet's critical acclaim have made its way onto my radar. And then when we launched it for the podcast, I thought, man, it's, this lived up to all the praise and then some. I thought this was just, just absolutely incredible experience that is so much better than I ever would have expected or really that it has any right to be you know in context <laughs> and it speaks to the true power of Studio Trigger and of Imaishi and we talk about this mm-hmm. a little bit on our Cyberpunk Edge Runners episode that this shows Imaishi graduating to a, a new level of directorial power and weight and mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he did such a fantastic job bringing the world of cyberpunk to life. And I agree, the show is more or less flawless as it is. It doesn't need extra episodes, but you could have made an entire 24-episode series out of this, in my opinion, if you mm-hmm. because we could have spent more time um, with... Uh, what's the big... With Maine's crew... You know, they, they, they go through uh, David ingratiating himself and having all these positive experiences with Maine's crew through through kind of a collage, you know, or, or like just, just real quick. But you could have had like five episodes of some kind of subplot or, you know, some some interesting things happening in that part. And you could have had more episodes of David's crew after um, Maine and, and the, some of his cohorts had already passed away. Uh, you could have had, you know, again, like another couple episodes of how David finds himself post-main and reasserts himself and puts his puts the crew back together and leads them. And um, yeah, there, there was more room to expand. And it's not that I'm wondering why they didn't do that. 
it's more like it's interesting to me that they could tell this story so effectively without doing that. And the brevity, like, it makes me wonder how much the brevity helps create the the tension in in the pacing that I liked in this show. Like, would would it have been the same experience if it, it had been longer? Or is the fact that it's so short, sharp, shock, right in your face, uh, how much does that help the show? Um, but yeah, that's my number two. And you're the biggest fit Trigger fanboy. I'm a huge <laughs> Trigger fan. Yeah. And it's number two. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to my number one. Dang. <laughs> Jeff. Right, repeat. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. We're oh repeat my over gosh. Here. <laughs> but it's not what you think it is. It's made in the oh, best. Okay, season two. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh. Yeah. As far as second seasons go it's it's not uh, often that you get a second season that's better than the first mm, season mm, mm, and that's mm. my opinion but i think no, it's, that's your fact it stands alone <laughs> that's my facts that's right we're speaking facts over here that's so funny yeah, i didn't even put made an abyss on my list at all even though it is one really? of my favorite animes from last year because it was season two i was like no i can't do that i gotta do full series <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> that was like my own personal like list list preferences. <laughs> but yeah, well, if a song, you know, if, if ranking of kings still counted because the second season came, well, the second part of it mm. came out in twenty twenty two. I was gonna put it on the mm-hmm. list, yeah, because I think you know, uh, Kotaro and uh, Bochi and the other Bochi. Just start a band or have a show <laughs> together. And I would cry the entire time. Uh, but no, they, because, see, you know, it, we waited so long for this, mm-hmm. right? Made in Abyss mm-hmm. season two. It's, it just, it landed. It landed in all the, all the great ways that it should. I don't know. It just introducing it, it, the mystery of the, of like where the Abyss comes from uh, or like where it started and how, how it, gave us that it it told us a large part of the mystique and the the mystery was kind of resolved that i think it um it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked if they didn't give Mm -hmm. us that if they didn't give us the sort of prequel the flashbacks to uh how it was colonized whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call it um uh yeah oh that's a weird that's a weird uh (laughs) parallel analogy of colonization or uh, 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 no i'm going off the deep ends let's not go there because because i don't know if that's really true i think um, um made in abyss season man- <laughs> two just shows you how deep the threads are in the storytelling mm. you know because yeah. we went we went back to the beginning and the things that were relevant in the beginning of the abyss are still relevant in present day Mm-hmm. Now imagine if Attack on Titan Part Four oh was God. given the same attention and care as Made in Abyss Season Two. Damn, <laughs> could have been cool. We're all imagine could have been backs. cool. <laughs> Amelia, what was your number mm-hmm. two? My number two 
and it doesn't need any more hype than it has already gotten this year. But my number two is Chainsaw Man. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I anticipated this shit for so long, and I specifically did not read the manga because I know how much I love animation, and I wanted to see this work fully animated and realized um, I was super hyped about... uh, watching like this pre-interview with all of the creators and MAPPA and then seeing their comments on the show after like as I'm watching it and seeing how much time and effort and care they put into every single part of the animation and bringing us the show like it was just you could tell how much the creators really loved what they what they were doing and put their entire like heart and soul into it. And not only that, but I also love every single character. Um, I love the story. The vibes are dark, um, but also there's comic relief. Like I don't know, everything about this is just stellar to me. So had to be number number mm-hmm. two. Yeah, someone who didn't read the manga just went straight into the anime. I was mm-hmm. thoroughly impressed by how like cinematic Chainsaw Man was. Mm-hmm. Mappa, I think, did a, a great job. Um, I, again, I don't have anything to compare it to because I, I don't know the hype behind the manga. But as an anime fan, this has me ridiculously excited to see where it goes. I think similar to like Spy Family, it's very early days for Chainsaw mm-hmm. Man. But that means we only have like a ton of great stuff to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So excited. Mm-hmm. Ready to wait. I'm very ready to wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number one. This is crazy. Number oh one. Oh, boy. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what Dan and Jess' number ones are now. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what Carl's number one is. <laughs> mm. Are we going to have the same All right, number Courtney. one? <laughs> so my number one, and I hope this doesn't make me seem basic. I swear I'm not trying to be basic. It's Attack on Titan, the final season, part two. I think, wow, like, <laughs> like shamelessly, I think it's the greatest thing that came out of 2022. Um, I think there's a reason that the anime community, or at least the fan base around AOT, you know, touts this as potentially one of the one of the greatest anime that'll go down in history, and one of the anime, one of, of the anime time. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's reasons for that, and I think the writing is. Phenomenal, and it's only gotten more and more impressive as the show's gone on. And yeah, I mean, it's Attack on Titan. Like, I, I, I think most people are familiar with what that show is all about, what it means to go through the experience of Attack on Titan. Um, and we recently did like a a rewatch of seasons one through three in preparation for. This naming convention is weird. Mm. The, the final season, final part, final chapters, part one or whatever it is now. <laughs> um, and it was cool, like reliving that experience and seeing how drastically different the show is in season one versus the final season, yet how cohesively everything strings together. Mm-hmm. We had like so many oh shit moments realizing what Isayama was trying to hint at in the early days of AOT that we're now getting confirmation of in the final season. And that's just like an experience I I personally haven't had with many other anime. So I think that's what makes Attack on Titan so special. Hell yeah. Did you guys watch the special yet? The new? We did. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Like Carl was like ready to okay. go at the TV as soon as it was like released. It's <laughs> like we're doing this. <laughs> I watched it the next morning, bawled my eyes out. Really? <laughs> yes. I gotta watch it. Well, 
Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it, it wrecked okay. me. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. So wait, uh, j- just in, in in a short confirmation: is the special uh, a side story type thing, or is it relating to the story where it's at right now? It continues the story. It's just a weird way that Mappa's releasing it. I think we all anticipated like another episodic series and then they uh-huh. came out like we like a, a few weeks before it was supposed to premiere They're like oh by the way it's a one hour special and then you'll get more at the end of 2023 so there's some some weird things happening there in terms of release but i will say mappa uh, definitely delivered with this special so it is it it is the next part of the story after the last episode of yeah season four it, it's okay. the beginning okay. of the end <laughs> sure sure very evangelion yeah all right carl you are number one. Well, I'll, I'll admit that I'm a basic bitch because I put Attack on Titan, the final season part two. <laughs> I knew oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, once again. Uh, maybe it's just because, you know, Attack on Titan has a very special place in my heart. Um, watching it so many years ago, it, it brought, brought me back into the anime fold. And just seeing how the story has progressed up until this point, it, it's for me, it's just been payoff after payoff after payoff and it's surprising because you know for a series that has gone so long especially it's just weird that they've been calling this the final season when it's been like three years for this whole final season to take place i i still haven't felt any burnout at all and i think for the story to still be compelling up until this point has been very impressive Mm -hmm. and just all the stuff that happens in part two I think it, it brings many things full circle for the series and it introduces things, especially with the uh, character Aaron, Aaron Yeager, like getting to know more of his psyche and trying to piece together what exactly his end game is. That it's it's all it's just been a fascinating ride through and through and I think it, it was deserving of this number one spot on the list even though i feel like that's probably the mainstream answer but you know i'll, I'll admit that i'm a basic bitch <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason yeah. we love it so much <laughs> yeah no yeah, it's a good but... answer and i didn't i guess i didn't compute that that was a 2022 anime it would have been on my list had i fully realized that it was a 2022 one uh i don't really know why i didn't think it was a 2022 one <laughs> Yeah, the final season has been... It's hard to determine where it, it stops and starts. Yeah, but it, it it does comfort me for my number one pick, which uh, technically is not a 2022 anime, but it aired in the USA in 2022. I swear to God, Dan. <laughs> Technicality. And this, this, is an, this is the the anime for me. Like... But when I saw this goddamn... I swear to God, if you fucking say that fucking robot bitch anime... <laughs> That's what I'm going to say! I can't even there, fucking there remember the title There was so an bad. anime in this world no. that so shocked me no. to my core <laughs> no. that I could not stop talking about I would much weeks, rather attack on... And I had to go watch it over no. and over and no. over again. I don't accept I had to go thing. talk to everybody I knew about this fucking no. anime. And I just could not get it out of my head. It just just hit me 
to the to the very core, and it just made me made me think, wow, you know, like God diggity damn, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. You know, that was so bizarre and out of control in all the most subtle ways. It was just really no. interesting, just the the low key, just just unhinged, deranged insanity of this fucking movie. It's so unsuspectingly out of control. It is. Sing a little bit of harmony. I don't accept this as an answer. <laughs> but it aired in the USA in 2022, oh. and I saw it in theaters like three times. I completely forgot about this movie. Hmm. So did I. <laughs> yeah, because it's forgettable. <laughs> no, it is totally unforgettable. You're telling it's, me that Cyberpunk wasn't as good as this movie? Dude, well, you, you know, I'll, I'll I'll say this: I loved Cyberpunk, I'm peaking my but mind. I didn't so I didn't upset. watch it three times in a row. You know. <gasps> <laughs> I mean, sing a bit of harmony, just, just you know, and you can you can hear me talk about this more in our episode yeah. about it, but. It, yeah. It's so like it's so above and, every, and beyond. And every it's so extra. Every episode after that, too. it's so extra. You know, both in what it says and what it doesn't say. In your it's lead so, up to to revealing the anime title, I was trying to figure out like what you were gonna say, and I was like, <laughs> Bell. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, right? No, Bell was better than Six <laughs> No, Bell was some straight up yeah. bullshit. Man. <laughs> that movie wasn't even good. It's not even good. <laughs> you know, and sing a bit of harmony is is this guy's masterpiece. I mean, it's, I don't think there's going to be another anime movie that good in a long time. I think it's probably it's probably going to be better. It's probably going to be better than the new Shinkai movie. And I, would, you know, isn't isn't Studio Ghibli making a new movie too? I'm willing to bet that mm-hmm. sing a bit of harmony is going to stand higher in my mind than the next Shinkai movie to me and the next Studio Ghibli movie to me. Well, Studio Ghibli is on a bit of a downturn. Yeah, so that's true. That's not saying much. Yeah, that's but fair. So then you're, you're saying we should watch this instead of the next Ghibli movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so compelled right now. If no. you haven't seen Sing, Sing a Bit of Harmony yet, I, this, is, this is the anime I recommend to people. It is so <laughs> stupidly good. It is unnerving. Like, it... It's bizarre how good it's, it is. It's not. Courtney and Carl, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so compelled by my dance. I know the passion in your voice right now. I feel like I have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I went, I went to go see it in theaters on a whim just because I thought the character designs looked attractive in the commercials on Funimation. And then when I was done, I was like, you know, called called all my uh, anime kind of friends here and was like, dude, we have to go see this movie. It is so still like I need to see it again. You know, I, I need other people to see this movie with me. I took Finn with me and Finn was like, I didn't really get it. I was like, <laughs> uh, because there's nothing to get. <laughs> well, I wish the ra- the main character, the robot character, the android turned out to be more like Megan and started murdering <laughs> Oh, all shit. Yeah, classmates. that would have been better. That would have been Taking better. Taking a turn. No, that. No. no. Catch me no. watching that anime. No, that, that would have been, that that been so trite and so expected. <laughs> like, the way the way that the movie True. is, it is so, like, this, this guy is, like, just, just unapologetic, unabashed idealism and optimism. 
is so incongruent with reality. It's like, yeah, every fucking movie about AI shows the AI going out of control and killing everybody. And it's like, oh, AI is so dangerous, huh? So yeah, 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 I get it. You know, we've been talking about that since Terminator. But how many people are like, no, like who else besides Mark Zuckerberg and and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos is out there being like, no, AI is going to be our best friend. This is this is absolutely there is literally no downside to this whatsoever. This is the this is the future that everyone should want. Isn't it just obvious? I was like, dude, what the hell are you on, man? Like, you crazy. You're crazy. There's no other anime out there that has such a, it, it just such a fucking out of control, out of left field worldview and, and morality to it. Like, you think of like the hyper realism of Made in Abyss, the, uh, the like heartwarmingness and the tenderness of cyberpunk edge runners. But there is no one, no other anime out there that is so bizarrely like warm towards AI, <laughs> towards like something that no one else thinks is that great. Everyone else thinks that AI is a bad thing, and I think it's a bad thing. And this fucking movie is just like, what are you talking about? There's literally no downside to this whatsoever. There's not even possible that there's a downside to this. If you think it's a downside, you're the crazy one. What the hell are you talking about? You're so off from everyone else on the planet. I love it, man. I love people that are like, just have so much conviction in their heart and so much resolve to speak their their truth and and espouse their worldview it's it's like propaganda is is unlike any other anime in the game man i love it it's so twisted it's so twisted it's twisted in a totally different way it's like made in abyss or something all right Justin, give us your number two. Like, that. literally, I can't top that. I mean, your I number one. That, I can't. I don't even know what number we're on because I hate that answer. I don't. Justin, your number one. It is in the world of cyberpunk, <laughs> and is not the second season of Gits yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> cyberpunk. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you my number one because it was Cyberpunk Edge Runners, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that is literally the best anime that has so come we, out. This we year. almost had uh, podcast consensus. Yeah, no, me and Jeff were on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> okay, just one outlier. Um, yeah. So go ahead. What I like about this, uh, I was thinking about it because I I couldn't think of the of the phrase for it, but it but it, it's similar to Made in Abyss and. Uh, it's a Faustian. It's a Faustian story, right? There's this bargain, uh, a pact, where a person trades something of supreme moral or spiritual importance, such as personal values or the soul, for some worldly or material benefit, such as knowledge, power, mm. or riches. And I think it's like, and then maybe it's not a concise definition for this, but I think David, you know, he like trades, he trades his soul in, essentially, after his mom, uh, I don't want to ruin it, but someone dies, <laughs> and uh, he's forced into this predicament uh, where he he could choose the righteous path and you know go to school and continue his career, uh, or he takes the other route and uh, destroys his body essentially, and yeah. uh, his body becomes uh, he's going to get of this rich world. or die. And, 
exactly. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I compared it to Scarface mm. a little bit. I like that. I like the ending of this, the person, you know, uh, essentially uh, self imploding or exploding, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. But just you get to the point where there is no end. There's no going back, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, you're going off the cliff mm-hmm. and that's it. You're going off the bridge. Uh, and it's just a love, it's a love story that doesn't have a happy ending. So you know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, you bring up a really good point. I think that's one of the things that compelled me the most about Cyberpunk Edgerunners is that I, as the viewer, felt hurt every time David made a choice to like upgrade himself or whatever because you just know what that's going to lead to. And I'm like, no, I wanted to like you know beg him not to, but obviously he's an animated character on screen. He's not going to hear anything I'm saying. But that's how that's how compelled. I felt and how emotionally connected I was to the characters. Mm-hmm. Every time Lucy never told David what she was actually thinking, I wanted to fucking punch her. Oh, same, <laughs> same. Girl, girl, just literally say the thing that you mm-hmm. need to say. Just, if he's going to be okay this with it. This is why communication is so important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so invested in every single character throughout this entire series. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I was them, mm-hmm. you know? I, I do like that, um, you know, Lucy is sort of david saving grace throughout throughout the series and like that she's the character that kind of tries to bring him back to his humanity and i think the way that the, the series ends it, it does that on a perfect note with with david kind of like accepting what he, what he has become and and how he resolves that with his relationship with lucy i think it that ended the show beautifully for me mm-hmm. For me, cyberpunk, and like Dan said before, um, we as a podcast have been following Imaishi's work from the beginning till now, um, and you can see the culmination of all of his works and how he's built off of specific styles and really honed in on his skills um, as a director. So, and he also helps bring out those skills in the people that he surrounds himself with when he's making these anime that cyberpunk has like completely formed like this like this explosion of talent that i don't think you're gonna find anywhere else um and it's one of the only anime that uh i can like watch with my sister which like has a very special place in my heart because um, I love my sister so much. And when we can come together and uh, bond over common themes and stuff like that, um, it's just like really special. So you both killed it in your cosplay, by the way. Your Lucy. Thank you. It was that was it was like straight out of the out of the anime. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. My sister did such a good job. I love her so much. She she was a trooper. Yeah, I mean, just to add, I think that to your, to your point of the animation, they do, Gynax does a good job, or I'm sorry, Trigger <laughs> does a good job of passing <laughs> these legacy uh, an, animation styles, animation techniques down from generation to generation. So I think, you know, with that said, uh, if you watch things from the 80s and you watch things in the 90s and you see the progression of, uh, like visual effects and and um, uh, styles of uh, character animation. Like I feel like it, we pick it apart in that way, then it becomes 
something more than just story and plot. You know what I mean? But, you know, we watch anime for the animation ultimately. So, yeah. With that being said, it's it's up there. And that's why Cyberpunk with- Edgerunners is the best anime of all time. <laughs> One of yes. the anime of all time. <laughs> <laughs> we had two heavy hitters, though, in our top or in our in our top one spots. Yeah. You know, Attack on Titan. And I was going to say sing a bit of harmony in Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was not thinking. acknowledging that. It's like sing a bit of harmony in Cyberpunk. Yeah. No. I think what our list show us, though, is that we were spoiled in 2022. Mm, I mean, yes. what a Seriously. phenomenal year for Jeez. anime. It was amazing. Yeah. And if Cyberpunk and Chainsaw Man didn't come out, you better believe that My Dress Up Darling would have been my number one. <laughs> I love that bitch. <laughs> Well, thank you, Courtney and Carl, for coming on and chatting last year's anime with us. Um, why don't you guys plug your podcast and tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having us. So, again, yeah. we host two podcasts, Strictly Anime and Strictly JoJo, part of our Strictly series of podcasts. Strictly Anime is our podcast dedicated to anime reviews and discussions. We like to have some you know, fun topics here and there. And then Strictly JoJo is dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So if you're a JoJo fan, you'll enjoy our deep dives into every single episode episode both our podcasts are on all streaming services including spotify apple and google we have a discord server we're on instagram at the strictly series on twitter at strictly series and our website is the strictly series.com yeah i'm looking forward That's so concise i can never follow it I'm, I'm looking forward to your guys review sing a bit of harmony <laughs> we'll add it to our list <laughs> you know they, people say that when you're truly crazy, you think that you're normal and the rest of the world is, is a bit off. And that is how I feel about Sing a Bit of Harmony. It, it <laughs> clearly doesn't think that, that there's anything awkward or off kilter about it itself. It's just like a wholesome Disney-esque musical, but it's, it's very lacking in self-awareness. It's going to eventually be one of those anime where like 10 years from now, like there's going to be a wave of like sing a bit of harmony, like fandom and appreciation. And we're all going to look back on this and think, damn, Dan was right. Yeah. <laughs> Dan was right. I, I hope so. But yes, you know, I imagine the, the creator of sing a bit of harmony using chat GPT on a daily basis. And thinking, Man, this is the greatest thing that's ever existed. Maybe that's how he came up with yeah. it. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for coming on. And you can check out past, present, and future episodes on our website at otakuhostclub.com. We have links to everything, social media, our Instagram, our Discord. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash otakuhostclub. And we will be back next week with something else for you. In the meantime, take care. Goodbye and watch Sing a Bit of Harmony. No, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Yes. Watch <laughs> Cyberpunk. And the next time you guys are on, Courtney and Carl, Kotaro. Oh, will be yeah. Us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.